first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all mankind in the Greek. So 1 Timothy 2.1 says that we should be not only prayers of intercession, but giving of thanks and supplications be made for all mankind, our whole world. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus himself, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Verse 8, I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And he continues on from there. Verses 1 through 8 is very clear that of all the things we do, we should also make sure we don't neglect a time of prayer, not just for ourselves, but for all mankind, kings and rulers, people around us that are in authority. And so I want to do something with you different for the sermon here this morning. I'm going to invite different people to come up and lead us through either song or through prayer. And what it's going to be is if you can imagine a lake, and there you are standing beside Whiskey Town Lake or another lake, and you take a pebble and you throw it out there, and it hits the water, and what happens? It begins to ripple out, right? We're going to do the same thing here this morning. We're going to start with our own hearts and say, we desire awaking in our hearts, but Lord, we pray for our community, we pray for our state, we pray for our nation, we pray for our world, a ripple effect all the way out, and then we bring it back to ourselves at the end and say, Lord, use me to be an answer to these prayers today. Around our division and around our world, there are prayer services like this going on, and we endeavor to lead you through it, one here this morning. So we have different participants who are going to come forward. Um, each slide will kind of prompt, and so our focus right now is praying locally. Dr. Wilson, feel free to come up. The rest of you who are praying, feel free to come up when you see your slide and lead us in prayer. Prayer is a wonderful and magical thing. Um, many times I've thought through my life that it was a one-way talk, where I was talking to God, but was he listening and was he answering me? And I know different now. He certainly answers prayer. Most recently, we had the church praying for a cousin of mine. Uh, I grew up in a large family. There were at least 10 or 12 first cousins. This cousin is about ten, eight years old, younger than I am. And um, 13 years ago, he was involved in a motor accident, motor, motorcycle accident. And they found a, an x-raying everything and had lots of broken bones. He had a tumor on his kidney. They removed the tumor and it was a clear cell cancer, which many times carries a fatal uh, signature with it. He survived 13 years as of now and um, uh, was in a program in North Carolina. Now, interestingly enough, the Italians in New York, at come retirement time, they either went to Florida 
or someplace south. I'm the only one that came, came west. <laughs> so anyway, but the thing that drove me here was medical school, and I fell in love with California. But um, he was in this program being checked for 13 years, and uh, around December, um, he got a check, I'm sorry, around November, he got a check up, and they gave him a clean bill of health. About a week after that, he started turning yellow. And uh, they went back and looked at the CAT scans, and he had a mass in the head of the pancreas. And as you know, that's another uh, almost fatal type of cancer. So he was at the university there in uh, North Carolina, had major surgery, they were gonna do a Whipple procedure. And that's a nice medical term for a very difficult procedure, removing the head of the pancreas and creating a duct to uh, allow the digestive enzymes from the pancreas and the uh, insulin from the pancreas to flow into the intestine to be absorbed and take care of things. Well, this, in the course of surgery, they reached over and felt the spleen and it felt abnormal and they decided they were gonna remove that. And in so doing, the spleen sits on the left side, it looks like about a hand, and it has a pedicle about as big as my thumb. And it's attached to some of the major vessels. And the job of the spleen, going back to your high school health classes and, and beyond, is to get rid of the old blood cells and blood cells that aren't good. So it plays a major role, but it also has a huge blood supply. Well, unfortunately, in the process of uh, removing it, they tore the pedicle, and now the abdomen is flooded with blood, and um, the surgeons are drastically trying to put this out. Now, I've been there doing radical cancer surgery, so I know that feeling, but you have to be organized to handle that. Yeah, one person is, puts their finger on the dike until everything is packed away so that you can successfully tie that off. Well, I don't know what happened, but they were rushing around and they injured the intestines and didn't know it. They finally got the bleeding stopped four units of blood later. And the next day in recovery, he spiked the temperature to 104 and was in septic shock. Well, of course, the gram-negative bacteria in the intestines did a tremendous job in infecting him. Well, the standard treatment of septic shock is high doses of proper antibiotics and cortisone. They just put them on the antibiotics. Anyway, they went back in and found they had a, injured the intestine and that the suture lines in the surgery for the Whipple were leaking. They fixed those, went back, went back to recovery. Not quite doing well, the next day they took him back in and they found another hole. So insult to injury and so forth. So for three weeks he was in intensive care on a breathing tube. And um, many of you who are in the medical profession know that when you're breathing for somebody that long, usually the lungs don't take over again. Um, it's usually a fatal thing. Well, we brought Jay, my cousin, to prayer here in our church. And um, lo and behold, about 72 hours later, his temperature was down. The day after that, they were able to remove the breathing tube and the tracheal tube, to be exact. And lo and behold, he started breathing again. 
What a miracle. Amen. God does answer prayer. Amen. So I'd like to see a show of hands for those um, who are, would like prayer for physical ailments. I'd also like to see a show of hands of those people who have children and, and children in kindergarten and grandchildren and so forth that we would like to see be brought closer to the God, to God, to the Holy Spirit. Again, a show of hands. Then the unspoken requests, and I'm sure that we all have those. So my prayer is gonna include all of this. Plus, I would also like to pray for the mayor of this town and for our police chief, Michael Johnson. He's new at the job. He needs wisdom and understanding. And for our fire chief, Rick Weigel, who's also new at the job. And, uh, and for our community and our churches in town and the various programs to help the homeless. And we do have a lot of those. So we need to do all this. So this will be my prayer this morning. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you for prayers answered. Father in heaven, we thank you for the things you have done for us and we see this, these miracles in our life and as we go along on our daily duties. Be with those of us that are ill and have pain and need your magic of the great physician. We ask you to be with our families, our children, our grandchildren, and those significant others that need to be brought into the fold. Open the windows of heaven and pour them out the Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask you for our police chief, give him the wisdom he needs and the courage and understanding in these difficult times where people just don't respect authority anymore. Be with our firefighters, Lord. May they be well-trained. Help us to uh, be cognizant of how we use fire. We're getting some good rain and we thank you for that, but it also means a lot of undergrowth. So we need to be very careful with how we use fire and prevent fire in this town and community. We ask you to be with our various organizations in town to, to um, help the less fortunate than we are. And we thank you for our church family, Lord. For Jesus' sake, amen. amen. They say that California leads the way. When California does something, the rest of the state follows. And in praying for our state today, we would ask that the work of the Holy Spirit that he will effect will continue throughout the other states. As Dr. Levolsi mentioned, homelessness is a big thing, not only here in the North State, but throughout the whole of the state. In fact, just the other day, they tore down uh, a camp that the homeless had, and they were there for a long time, and some people were upset that they were displacing them. Where would they go? Homelessness is a big thing. And Jesus, when he walked the earth, he did not have a home of his own. 
He stayed with friends. And his life was a life of blessing. Now we know that some people despise the homeless. A lot of them come to the hospital for treatment. And I try to be friendly with them. In fact, they say that I'm the first person who lets them know that they also are people. And this is a concern on the heart of God. He doesn't like to have his people suffer. They're all his people. We could be there were it not for grace. And we also have a condition in our state where the drought, the drought. It's true that we got some rain, but they're saying that the drought is still with us. That's a concern. The Bible tells us that the river of God is full of water. We would like the Sacramento to be full of water. <laughs> the San Joaquin to be full of water. And we can pray and ask God to send the drought packing. We'll pray for government officials. The Bible says that power belongs to God. That's in the Psalms. But in Romans, we understand that all governmental authority, in fact, all other authority comes from God. He is the ultimate authority, but he has designated people to be in positions of authority, and we need to pray for them, as the pastor said. So that is going to be the focus of my prayer today. We're going to pray for government officials, and we're also going to pray for ecclesiastical officials, those of the North Caribbean Conference. North California. I came from North Caribbean Conference, so it's on my mind still. North California, Northern California Conference. Why are you laughing, honey? Okay. I would like us to kneel. Can I use this mic? Let us pray. Eternal Father and our God, we thank you that you are a prayer-hearing and a prayer-answering God. We thank you that you yourself have, in, has, have invited us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Your invitation we now accept. And as you have said, we want to pour out our hearts before you because you are our only refuge. The state of California has many issues. In fact, they're not hidden from you. We can't inform you of them. You already know what they are. Nevertheless, we can mention them anew. Homelessness, the drought. Oh Lord, you can do miracles. In Elijah's day, you provided rain. Rain abundant after three and a half years of drought. You can do the same here for us in California. So we present the situation before you. We want to present before you too the government officials, the governor, the senators. Lord, grant them wisdom that they may rule as you direct. Help them to see their need of you and that you desire for them to do what is just, what is fair. We know that all power comes from you, but you have given them this authority to a good end. May they do that which is right. Grant them the help that they need. And Lord, we remember to law enforcement agencies. It's a tough task. It's a detrimental task. It's, it could be hurtful to them, and they have committed their lives to the protecting of the communities. So we pray, Lord, that your wisdom be with them, grant them the skill that they need to do what is right and just, and to protect the citizens of this state. We pray, Lord, for Northern 
California Conference. We pray for the President, Jim Pedersen. Grant him the wisdom that he needs. We pray for the Treasurer. We pray for the Secretary, the Executive Secretary of the Conference. Lord, it is true that plans can be laid, but beyond plans and programs, we need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So speak to them and grant them the wisdom that they need. And Lord, may your work go forward here in California and then spread to the rest of the nation. We ask this with thanksgiving in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good morning. Before we pray for our country and for our church, <clears throat> I would like to say a few words. Uh, our country is living a historic moment. You know, as a nation, we, we face challenges that no other generation has had. You know, we, we're living in a tremendous moments of paramount importance for us as the people of God, as the believers, you know, uh, everything we see is happening. We have, we have studied, we have preached the prophecy, you know, and, and it's time that we as a, as a people pray for our leaders, for leadership, especially in the, in the Congress, in the White House, for our president, because God has also plans for them. And we know that the spirit of prophecy says that many those of men's opposition will see the light at the last moment and will join, will join the, the, the rank of, of true believers. And so we have to pray for that also. And also we, we also have, the, we have, we thank the Lord in prayer. Thank the Lord in prayer because through those men, God is holding the winds of a strife, you know. And as our church, you know, we, uh, Pastor uh, sent me a few uh, uh, statistics about our, our the, the Northern American division in our church, and, and it's very interesting that um, we we have as a nation uh, we have uh, 12 million of unemployed nationwide unemployment is high. We would like to pray for that too. Uh, we like to pray for our uh, president of uh, Northern California Conference, Dan Jackson. But our, this is something interesting. Our, our church in Northern American Division has uh, 20,000 churches, 500 Adventist churches has some interesting findings. 40% um, of those churches have fewer than 50 members. And most, most of our membership is only 3% of our churches. These churches are located in areas where there are large populations and have become increasingly hard to reach. And although the, the web access is provided without charge, a quarter of these North American divisions pastors report that their churches do not have a website. So we, we want to also in our prayer thank the, thank the Lord because we have a pastor that is very connected with, with the high tech of the times. Um, so Adventist churches have higher in prayer meetings, evangelism, and Bible study, but we are lower in community outreach and much lower in family life classes at the church. So this issues that we have to pray and, 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 and ask the Lord give us wisdom. So um, the North America contributes 
80% of the world tight. So as the economy of this, this country shrinkles, you know, the, the tide worldwide is going to be affected. So we have to pray for, for also for that. And, and, and also that um, something very interesting that I, uh, the median age in the Northern American Division Church is 51 and it's rising. So we're becoming, we're becoming old. And we need more young blood. We need young more people. So we pray, uh, let's pray for the, the Lord give us the desire to go out there and reach the young people for the Lord. You know, so uh, anyways, um, I just wanted to share that because as a nation of believers, we, we're, we're like Seventh-day Adventist people is like a nation within a nation. And we have to impact, impact our world and our country as a, a nation. You know, we, as we see the darkness and, the, and everything collapsing, we have a light and a hope to share. You know, we, we are, through God, we are extremely optimistic about the future. So let's, let's, let's kneel down and pray and ask the Lord to bless our leaders and bless our, our, our president also. <clears throat> let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you have given us, you have raised us up as a spiritual nation, kingdom of priests, for such a time as this, Father, in this country, our country. And Father, as, as we see that our country crumbles and is being shaken because we have led, left our foundation, which is you, Father. So we pray in this moment as a church for our leadership in the White House, Congress, all those men that are you are using, Father, you want to save, Father. We pray for this country, for families, for the young people. And also as a church, Father, we pray for, for our leadership, our president, general conference, and our president in the Northern Conference, Father. We, are, we face challenges of age, economics, how to reach the community, Father. So we pray that you invest us with your spirit and you invest us with your power, Father, so we can make a difference in our church and our community and eventually in our country and our nation, Father. Thank you because you are leading still. You, you sit in the throne and you are going to bring this message to a, a victorious conclusion, Father. We want to commit our lives, our energies, our resources to your honor and glory, Father. May we lighten the families, communities, and leaders of our countries, Father, this country, so we can also, they can also know you better and decide and choose life. Thank you, Father, because through prophecy, you have given us the answer and the times we live in, so we know what is our immediate duty. Thank you, Father, we praise you because your love, your support, and the tremendous effort that you have poured out in the gift that you, give, you, have, you have given us in Christ Jesus, Father. Thank you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
So I was thinking about the visual that Pastor Miller drew for us um, this morning uh, in terms of the ripples. And the ripple now, as we've um, brought uh, focus on prayer this morning, now expands to the entire world. When Pastor Miller asked me to take this section, I have to confess it was a bit overwhelming. Um, and, but I did think, you know, this morning that it is true that even our little congregation or us as individuals or as we pray in our families or as we pray with our prayer partners, that those ripples can truly expand. That God is all powerful and we should never doubt. We should never doubt or not have faith uh, that he can carry our prayers to places that we don't even know, we don't even know about. And so I want to share with you this morning, I, um, uh, I, I want to draw your attention to just a couple of things that I came across uh, just this week as I was uh, thinking about this. Um, and these are three separate incidences that have happened very recently, and I mean within the last few days around the world. Um, I'm sure that all of us are aware of the fact that there is persecutions and genocides and horrible things happening to Christians um, in many, many places. We are fairly safe and secure in our communities here, and so sometimes it may be difficult to, uh, to, to remember this or to think about this. But for example, just very recently um, in Egypt, and I don't know which city in Egypt, but in Egypt, there are Christians working in a bookstore, a Christian bookstore there, who are being, uh, being persecuted, threatened. Um, their lives are in danger, not only when they're in the bookstores working, but anywhere they are, they're known to be Christians. Uh, and so as we think this morning in your silent prayers, uh, and I will pray for these folks as well, that that's one thing that you can pray for. Um, another event that's happening in Egypt, and I saw this just in the Adventist Review that came, I, th I think this week, I can't remember one of the recent editions, but the government in Egypt is uh, wanting to classify the Seventh-day Adventist Church as a non-Christian religion. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, um, but they want to classify as a non-Christian religion the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So you can imagine what impact they may, that may have uh, as we carry the gospel forward as the people in those regions strive to work. Um, so keep that uh, also in your prayers. Egypt is a very difficult country, I think, overall. And then in India, there were some Christian lay workers in India, 25 of whom recently have been arrested and were imprisoned. Uh, three of those were children under the age of six that were arrested and imprisoned. They're being accused of forced conversions and they're being accused of malicious acts against the gods of their village, Hindu gods against their village. Um, so while that may sound strange to us, uh, I think that we need to be aware that there are people all around the world who are living in conditions that are very, very difficult. And so as we pray silently too, I, I hope that you will keep, um, keep that group of people um, in, your, in your prayers. And then for some reason, God has brought to my heart Central Africa. I've never been there. <laughs> I don't know why. But when I heard stories about, um, about um, the continent of Africa, and certainly Central Africa, for some reason, I, uh, I have a heart for that. God has given me a heart for that. So um, in the, the mountains in Central Africa, uh, recently a church was bombed. And no one was hurt, fortunately, but this was a center where, uh, where distribution of literature was um, very effective in that region. Uh, and so these people are living in a lot of fear and under a lot of hardship. So again, I hope that you keep, um, that, you keep that in mind. 
Sudan and South, South Sudan. I, if you watch the news at all, you are aware of the atrocities that have happened in, in those countries, terrible, terrible things happening there. Uh, 1.9 million people have been displaced because of the internal strife and, and the genocides that have taken place there. Uh, at least 50,000 people have lost their lives. That's half the population of Reading, if you want to think about it that way, um, have lost their lives. Um, and um, Christians there are in terrible peril every day. And so again, uh, I hope that you will uh, keep uh, some of these areas, um, some of these regions in the, of the country um, in your prayers. Uh, we'll pray, I wanna keep uh, in mind too, I've been um, joining with uh, Pastor and a few other people over the 10 days of prayer that we've had recently. I hope that many of you have been doing this in your homes. The guides that were, uh, that were given uh, to, uh, to sort of direct us through that process this time have just been such a blessing to me. I don't know why, but they just, for some reason, the topics, you, you agree. We, we said in our Sabbath school class this morning uh, that that was true for some people who have followed those. Every day, <clears throat> the General Conference put together uh, this guidebook, and every day they pointed out mission to the cities. And there were specific places around the world, regions, divisions, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church divisions that we should pray for. These are massive, massive cities. Um, more than half the world's population, I think it is now, lives in cities, in huge cities. And when I say massive cities, I mean massive cities. I think Mexico City has more than 27 million people. Um, so there are a number of cities around the world that more than half of the world's population lives in. And when you think about the challenges of reaching those people with the gospel, most of these are, are either very secularized cities uh, in, in Europe and those uh, areas, very secularized cities, uh, but in other cities, there's, there's no emphasis on, uh, on Christian uh, faith or, or belief at all. So the challenges are enormous. However, we have, and I think God has established some, some very unique ministries, media. Uh, when I think, how do, you, how do you reach somebody who's living in, um, in Beijing on the 47th floor of a high-rise someplace um, through media? And we have those sources, and so I hope that you will keep um, our Adventist media in your prayers in a very, very special way, 3ABN, Hope Channel, Adventist World Radio, uh, any of these ministries that are uh, doing an effective work, not only for us here, I certainly enjoy um, those things, but when you think about the world, this is the, the way more than likely that many of these people, centers of influence, you've heard about this being established in many cities, and some of these are small little community resource uh, activities that are going on, but they're incredibly effective. And so while we also tend to focus on sort of the, the doom and gloom aspects of this, there are some really hopeful stories coming out uh, of uh, the work that's being done through centers of influence where people are um, just meeting people in their needs, whatever their needs are. Health needs, wellness needs, food insecure, um, kids, help with their children, education, tutoring, literacy, whatever it is. Uh, so keep those things in mind. So if you would just, just uh, bow with me or pray, or kneel if, you, um, if you're able, uh, and join with me as we bring these uh, world issues before the throne. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we do feel overwhelmed sometimes when we think about the work that is before us. Um, and sometimes I think with pride we say that we are a church of 18 million worldwide, and yet when we think about the vastness of this globe and how many people live, it's really just truly, truly a remnant.
And yet, Father, you've given us a work to do, and we believe with all of our hearts that when you have called us, that you will provide for us, that you will equip us, um, that you will sustain us, that you will bless that you will bless us because after all, Father, these are your children. These are your redeemed people who don't even know about you yet. And so I pray as we consider the work that is to be done around the world, um, that you will help us remember that you are the God of the world and you are the God of the universe, in fact. Father, there's increasing poverty, famine, war, genocide, sickness, hopelessness, it seems like everywhere we look. Um, and contrasted with that, Father, there's just increasing wealth, secularism, violence, greed, indifference to the plight of the poor and hungry around the world. Father, only you, only you can intervene. And we bring these petitions to you and ask that you will intervene. Father, for the three uh, issues, especially that I mentioned in Egypt, in India, and in Central Africa, you know your people who are who are struggling, Father. You know your people who are under attack. You know your people who are working under incredibly difficult circumstances. Father, I think about the global mission volunteers within our own denomination that are going into villages one, one by one, Father, in extreme poverty sometimes. Sometimes these mission volunteers really have, have very little of their own. Father, I pray that you will bless, bless their work, that you will, um, that you will impress our hearts to give to pray, to, um, to uphold these men and women wherever they are and whatever work they're doing. Lord, for the cities, for these enormous cities and for the, the, the conference leaders and the general conference leaders and the division leaders and the world leaders that are looking over the areas that you've entrusted to them, Father, that, uh, that they will have vision, that they will have wisdom, that they will have hope and um, and an understanding of how to reach the millions and billions of people in these areas, Father, that haven't yet heard about you. I pray for our world leaders. I pray especially for Elder Ted Wilson as he leads our world church. Uh, I pray that you will endow him with a, a, just an enormous um, blessing of your Holy Spirit. Father, as he submits his heart and his life and his work to you, Father, I, I pray that you will uh, that you will infuse him, that you will give him a deep wisdom, that you will give him um, vision and whatever he needs, Father, to, to lead this world church. I pray for the leaders of each of the world divisions uh, as they are working in their own areas of the world, as they're trying to understand how to meet the needs that have, um, that have been brought to their attention. Father, I pray with all my heart that you will just uh, bless these men and women, that you will lift them up, uh, that you will bring them under your care, <clears throat> that you will give them creativity and understanding and, um, and courage of all things, Father. I pray that you will give them courage. Lord, I pray for the leaders of the Worldwide Religious Liberty Department uh, as they take on some of these challenges from the legal side of things or, um, <clears throat> or in other ways, Father, that, um, that you will give them understanding of how to proceed, Father. Um, to preserve the religious liberties so that we can finish this work and take, take your message to those who are dying and, uh, and whose hearts are being impressed. Lord, I pray for our world leaders as well. I pray for President Obama. I pray as he leads this country, Father, and he, as he has an influence wherever he is around the world, I pray that you will uh, draw him unto yourself, 
um, as he interfaces with, with, um, uh, with ministers and kings and leaders wherever he is as they uh, talk about the things that are going on and, and how they can resolve the problems, Father, that are, um, that are impacting and affecting the whole world. Just draw very, very close to these people, Father, these men and women, I pray for the, the leaders in the United Nations um, as they work together. Father, it just seems like there's strife and discord everywhere, certainly within our own country, within our own government. Uh, factions are splitting, and, um, and it seems sometimes when to look at it, Father, that it's almost an impossible situation. And yet we have every faith and every hope and every confidence and every assurance that you are ultimately in charge of that process. Lord, I think about Barry Black, who's the, the chaplain of the U.S. Senate, um, as we were talking in Sabbath school class this morning about Daniel uh, and his role in Babylon and with the, the Medes and the Persians, Father, um, there's no doubt that you have placed Barry where he is for such a time as this. And I pray as he interacts with people, um, our, the leaders of our country, that you will give him an, a special um, blessing, um, that you will lead him to turn their eyes toward you as the ultimate source of whatever problems that they bring to him, Father. Lord, I pray especially for work within the 1040 window in, on this globe. It seems like a closed place. The, uh, the Muslim world is in turmoil. Um, it seems that there's no, no openings, and yet there are people in those areas working, Father. Uh, we hear about uh, Christians, a little group of Christians, or one or two Christians someplace that somehow have learned of you in your and your message and your truth. And Father, I, I just pray protection for them and I pray uh, for a deep understanding of your word uh, and that they will have the faith and the courage to hold on no matter what, what they're facing. Uh, for, for our media ministries uh, within the church and for uh, other ministries that are not uh, a part of our official uh, general conference, um, but, but you'll bless those, um, those activities, Father, that you'll open the doors um, that the message may be carried and Father, I close this morning asking for just an especial outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I pray for deep conversions, Father. I pray for deep conversions within our own little church community here, Father, uh, as we think about what we can do locally, as we think about what we can do within our community and perhaps even expanding to the state and how we can pray, and support, pray for and support the ministries of the church, the world church, Lord. Uh, I pray for... An, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, that as we understand that we are commissioned to carry this gospel uh, uh, and the message of the three angels of Revelation, Lord, that, um, that, that your spirit and nothing else, Father, that your spirit will guide all that we do. These things we bring before you this morning and we are so grateful and so, uh, so humbled by the fact that, um, that we speak to the God of the universe, Father. I praise you and I thank you for giving us this opportunity. Bless us now, in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna invite you at this time to pair up with one or two people next to you and to pray for the Holy Spirit to be poured out in your life in whatever way that looks like. And this will be our final prayer area. And so we'll take a couple of minutes to do that and then you'll hear a song playing in the background that will call us back to the close of our service. So please take a few minutes and pray with somebody next to you, groups of two or three, for the Holy Spirit to be poured out in, in our lives here at our church. These things, come on. <laughs> 
in the bulletin, and so you'll be seeing some of these little blips from now throughout the new year. Uh, the most obvious thing is if you haven't done the 10 days of prayer, you can still grab those sheets and do them whenever you want. Uh, we're also developing Advent prayer partners where people will partner up, and so there'll be reminders of that. If you need a prayer partner, you'll contact me, or Addie's also helping with prayer coordinating here. Um, we have those prayer guides, so staying connected, prayer studies, uh, focusing on the cross. And every Sabbath morning, we have a prayer group over here at 9 o'clock if you would like to join. You don't have to come every time, but, but it will be there for you as well. Every day from 7 at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., we'll, we'll send, put a reminder in the bulletin every once in a while that if you are somewhere at 7 o'clock, either in the morning or in the evening, you can know that there are people in your own time zone and around the world praying for the Holy Spirit to be filled, filling our hearts and our church. And, of course, uh, our prayer retreat is March 13 through 15. If you're curious as to who the speaker is, I've got a book you can take a look at by Dr. Levy the incredible answers to prayer that he saw in the medical field and how God had, had done that. So if you're interested in knowing more about the speaker in March, it's down at Leone Meadows. It's in March 13 to 15. And there's going to be a group that's going to be going to that. So if you're interested in going, let, let us know. So there'll be an announcement about that in the bulletin. I'm also going to eventually put this in the bulletin every Thursday at 7 o'clock if you want to pray with somebody. Uh, we can keep our prayer line going, but we, if we want to join together with our broader church family across Northern California, there is a prayer line every Thursday at 7 o'clock. If that doesn't work for you, uh, sorry about that, but, but it, every Thursday at 7 o'clock there's this prayer line. So you'll be seeing this in the bulletin with the number and the access code so that if you want to pray with somebody every week outside of your church family, broader than here in the North State, then there will be that prayer line as well. So what's next? Uh, in essence, we just need to keep on finding resources to stay focused on Christ and pray. We watch. Yeah, we focus on him, but we pray. And so last week we were watching. We were looking at Jesus. This week we've spent it in prayer. We'll continue combining these elements from week to week as we progress through the first quarter of the new year. So please uh, stay tuned for that. And so we want to continue praying and working until we fulfill that mission, which you're going to need to memorize that mission statement eventually. And so we want to declare to each individual their eternal value in Jesus and prepare them for his soon return. I've asked Ron to take this mission statement and to write us a song that has the words of this mission statement. So we're going to close with that song. It's going to take the words of this mission statement, and you may not know the song at first, but I'm going to ask him to sing it through with us so we can stay focused as we leave this place on our mission. We want the Holy Spirit, but why do we want the Holy Spirit? Not just to feel good, but to, to go and accomplish the mission. Christ would have us to do. Thank you for coming and participating and uniting our hearts in prayer. Let's close with a closing thought. Father in heaven, thank you for this time we've had to come before your throne. And Lord, it's amazing to think we have all these ambassadors right here in this room united in prayer. And so Lord, take these petitions, translate them once again through your Holy Spirit to your court language, and we pray, Lord, that you will fulfill these requests, answer these requests in your time and in your way. Thank you, Lord, that we have this time with you, the sweet hour of prayer. Help us to look for you at every turn. Help us to ask for your guidance in our lives individually, as a church, and as we impact the world. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Feel free to stay by Fellowship Meal.